1: Hello, everyone, welcome back to Oz Speeds live from our Barangaroo studios. Great to have you company as we kick off the afternoon, as usual, with one hour of the call uh, 10 stocks picked by you. I'll put those stocks to our expert panel. We do it all in that 60-minute period. It's Friday, the 3rd of February. Let's get straight into it because these two blokes always have fascinating stuff to talk about. Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital and Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Uh, good afternoon to you both. How are you? Well, thanks, Koshi.
2: Well, thanks, Koshi. Great to be here. Excited for the list today.
1: <laughs> and being buoyed, uh, I think, for the... Uh, uh, from the results of the market uh, over the last couple of days and the reaction to the fed result um let's get straight into it um our first five stocks in this half hour eml payments osco healthcare eight common tesserend advanced breaking technology but um Look, I want to do something a bit different for Stock of the Day today. The Fed, the ECB, Bank of England, all have raised interest rates. The market has viewed the hike cycle, maybe the finish of it may be in sight. Overnight, we saw the NASDAQ rise three and quarter It's been the best start of the year for the NASDAQ since 1975. Yes, tech stocks. So I asked Luke and Claude, um, is it time to get back into tech stocks or is it just a flash in the pan this rally? Let, let me give you some stats. Already this year, Meta, sort of Facebook, up 51%, Amazon 31%, Alphabet 20%, Apple 20%, Microsoft 10, all beating the S&P 500. Uh, Claude, is it time to get back into tech that we've shafted for about the last 18 months?
2: Uh, it, look, I think that 2023 is the time to get back into that tech. I'm not. I'm not saying that this particular rally is going to continue on with it because it has been a strong rally. I mean, I I never got out of tech, so I feel less euphoric than someone might if they just bought the bought the temporary bottom there. Uh, but we have seen the the big tech really that just the big tech in Australia, as far as I can tell, uh, have big uplift. I'm talking Promedicus, Wise Tech. Um, Altium, these sort of uh, I guess the higher quality uh, tech companies that we have, uh, you know, I, they're all all three of those are within a whisker of of twelve uh, month highs right now, and and in fact all time highs. So that is very funny to see, and and you got you're straight back to these really high uh, PE multiples and stuff, uh, despite the fact we have a high interest rate environment latest, uh, you know, at the moment than than we did you know previously. So a testament to their earnings growth. Uh, but also just a testament to liquidity coming back into the market and generally when liquidity comes back in you see it come back into the leading names first and i think that's what we've seen now you know the real upside for me is or for for investors generally the relief will be if that starts filtering through down throughout the rest of the smaller stuff i mean uh i'm sure luke and i would love to see that happen uh but sometimes you know if it's just sometimes that doesn't happen uh that that usually would wait to like a proper bull market. And I'm not saying that we're in that yet.
1: Okay, have you got a tech stock that that you like, that if this is the start of a shift in sentiment, what, uh, yeah. what do you
2: like? Well, yeah, no, the number one choice for me, uh, actually, personally, is one that I don't own. Hence why it's the number one choice, which is Altium. I do All not right. own shares, but, and it currently, it's just one of those ones that I'm always looking and saying, oh, I think it's too expensive, too expensive. Yep. I've gotten to the point now, where I will pay above my valuation because this stock has consistently uh, proven its high quality to me. And I just feel like having some Altium shares in my portfolio is going to be a good learning experience. It's going to ensure if it does get cheaper, I'm more likely to to top up and build a bigger holding then. So that's why I like it. Um, I'm not saying I'm jiving back into tech now, but for this one, you know that would definitely be my. I, I wouldn't be against it. Uh, I wouldn't rule out me actually buying some if I have that impulse where I'm like, oh, I just want to deploy some capital in yes. that thematic. Then Altium is my choice. Mm.
1: Uh, a good one too. Platform stock, of course. Uh, Altium and Ordinate seem to be the the
2: two big platforms. That's so, so funny. You mentioned that because ordinate was one of the ones I was considering yeah. as well. Yeah. But I just thought Altium being profitable is probably a little higher quality, a bit yep. of a safer yep. bet there.
1: Yeah. Luke, do you reckon this is the start of a tech rally? Should we start looking back at tech?
0: Well, Koshy, I've been pretty consistent coming on AusBiz and, and, and other places, saying that we should never have stopped looking away from tech. Uh, tech has a lot of characteristics that that we should want to find as investors. Um, Altium, as is, is Claude highlighted, is a perfect example. You know that platform tech, so scalable, can generate, um, you know, just spits off free cash, um, very high margin, very low capital. Um, you know, so so the characteristics that we want as investors are found in tech it's just the prices that people were paying in 2021 were, were absolutely insane now you know is it is it back to those frothy levels probably not i think you only have to look at sort of what's rallied in the us and even on the asx here it's it's that more quality tech as claude said the larger cap stuff the profitable stuff um you know altium Prometicus, rea um, in the us all the names you li- yeah. you listed off for of those, those and, same high quality and, and you, you know as
1: well. I, I just thought I've not looked at technology one for a while, you know, it's sort of five year high.
2: This is yeah, a well, there you go. That's a, another example a like you, that, that fits into that those leading tech stocks. Unbelievable. And they're all absolutely going on with it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm. A, ordinate's the only one I have in my little Rudy's super fund. Ah, uh, yes, exactly. He's the big fanboy of technology one. Um, but uh, just start like Claude is intimating. Look, just start nibbling at a few of them
0: well yeah and, and to Claude's point I, I completely agree so you've seen that confidence come back into the large cap guys um, and, and some of them yeah you know, trading at all-time highs is maybe a little bit silly comp- you know considering where interest rates are and maybe where we are in the cycle but it hasn't flowed through to those micro caps and so you know that, that's where I'm looking as, a, as a, obviously a micro cap investor but hunting around in that tech space but you've got you got to find the right names um, you know the one I'll bring to the show Koshi is a, a little um, hr tech called xref Mm. um and you know it's not without its flaws but for me the key to the business is a profitable business and generates free cash flow um, and as investors, if you look at the large cap peers that have rallied quite strongly in January and, and the last couple of days in Feb, it's it's those characteristics. Investors, you know, they're, they're willing to pay up for them, but they want that quality. They want that cash flow, the profitability, high margin and growth. So, you know, there's a lot of speculative tech at the end of the micro cap spectrum. I wouldn't be jumping into, you know, that cash burning stuff, that real speculative stuff. But some of the more high quality ones, we haven't quite seen that rally yet. That optimism yeah. flow through and that liquidity, that liquidity clawed spot on its liquidity is a big driver. If that does come down, that's where I'm sort of fishing around. I think there's some interesting opportunities. So uh, that's um, interesting. I do own XREP for, for Meriwether Capital, just just to yeah. disclose.
1: Um, it's a um, it's a uh, if you like a, a platform that goes through um, references, doesn't it digitally? for new staff so it's in that that it hr does. hr space so i mentioned it uh to the team on startup daily when i was walking in here i said oh luke's recommending xref highly regarded in the venture capital market and amongst tech investors I, I yeah, much yeah I about it. A,
0: a good little business look the main the main headwind they're facing right now is that they uh, a usage-based model And, you know, we had that great resignation through that COVID period. We're now sort of seeing that normalize. We'll talk about Seek later on, which is right in that space as well. Um, So, you know, there's some headwinds to the business as as you see, some normalization of the COVID um, tailwinds they had. Um, But nonetheless, I agree. I think it's a good little Mm -hmm. quality business and important, sustainable. And that that cash flow, I think, is very important. Okay. All right. Let's get into
1: the stocks that uh, you want uh, Claude and Luke to run their eye over uh roger wants a view on eml payments boy has this had a wild two-year ride of course the finance technology company 32 countries um they're in the business of uh, the payments business and um transportable cards cash cards aren't they
2: yes exactly so i'm very much a thematic investor i was looking at these guys not so long ago just thinking oh they've got that float and and the float that they have they can earn interest income off so as interest rates go up their interest income from the float that they that's on the you know general purpose reloadable or the gift incentive cards or whatever it is that money's just gone up and it basically falls to the bottom line from you know yep. a few million to now 20 million is their sort of annualized their latest annualized update 21 million i beg your pardon so that's a lot of extra profit that should be falling the bottom line. But then the, this is the problem and the pitfall and the danger of thematic investing is you have to do the stock specific due diligence as well. Because if, if I had just decided to buy this one based purely on the thematic, I would have got wrecked because despite whilst this in, this in it's got this tailwind, it's having a individual company specific problems, at least two of the companies they've bought, Centennial and PFS, have both run into regulatory issues. Now this is a classic red flag. Probably don't need to tell me that, tell you that. But just if you're making a list of red flags, definitely in payment industries because you run into money laundering stuff. Yeah. You know, this is serious stuff, and that's why the business is hard, right? Some businesses, the the fintech gets cool, trades on fifty times earnings, but then people are being reminded actually it's a tough business. If you get the regulation wrong, then you did actually you might. I'm not saying they did, but you might have accidentally done money laundering then the, the government's going to be really investigating that. And then, as we've seen, this has just been a terrible situation. At least two red flags there on the regulatory. That's even before we talk about all the other red flags that have accumulated over the years. Right now, we've had the chairman go on. We've had the CEO go, go most recently the CFO go. This is a gr- time of great tumult. This is one for the activist specialists, strong stomach people. Not one for me. Yep. Uh, Luke?
0: Um, it's interesting Claude finished on that point about the activists, because one of the points I was gonna make is a US based hedge fund called Alter Fox has, you know, increased a pretty decent stake in the business, up to ten percent. And and they yeah. are, you know, well known as an activist investor. So there's people sniffing around this. There's there's you know, there's probably value deep within EML somewhere. But uh, let's not relitigate all the issues they've had, Koshy. Obviously, it masks any potential underlying um, you know, value that the, the core business may have. Yeah, but it um, affects
1: trust, though, does it? And investor trust is so important
0: on and particularly as Claude said most of the issues came from businesses they acquired and it's, it was a business that's been acquisitive and so not only have you lost the trust of the market you know I guess as a business but you've lost the trust as a acquirer you know yeah, so yeah. it's very difficult if email were to make another acquisition the market would not view that positively at all given the history and given yeah. the problem so a lot of things to work out look the new CEO comes in with some regulatory compliance background I think that's very important what they're trying to do um, they gave some guidance at the AG if you sort of back work, you know, they've got some underlying and some one-offs, it probably trades, you know, still, still quite expensive. And so you're relying on, I guess, flushing out all those one-off costs, getting back to a core business and maybe spinning off some assets and and, and getting some um, recovery there. Look, all that's to say, I'd be, it's just too much going on for me to step in and and, and say someone to buy. If you're there, I I think you probably hold it just because you've now got activists sniffing around. Something is going to happen with this business and and the people who want those things to happen, you know, are now heavily aligned alongside you and and will be agitating for it. So, you know, there's the potential of, of good outcomes it's just a very wide, a wide range of what those outcomes could be. So I think it's just much, much safer for, for most investors to sit on the sidelines and let this one go yeah. through to the keeper. And,
1: and, and as you guys keep telling me and the other panelists here on the call, when you're just investing in twenty twenty five 25 stocks, um, why bother going into a company like this with so many red flags when you've got so many other easier, simpler opportunities to work out that are more reliable? That yeah. is the Which absolute
2: pay And I wanted to add to that point, David, because it's actually so useful for people. The benefit you'll get as an individual investor is by following an, a few companies for a really long time. That will give you a better feel for when it might be like how to trade that stock, yeah. essentially. So yeah. you want to focus mm-hmm. your, com- your attention on companies that have a good potential long-term future as an individual investor. Yeah. Even if you're a trader, still having that continuous knowledge of something that is compounding is is useful.
1: Yep, really important. All right, Nick wants a view, uh, Luke, on Osco Healthcare. Um, Basically a health tech company is that provides communication, uh, clinical workflow management solutions for hospitals uh, in 6,000 healthcare facilities around the world. Uh, What do you think of Osco?
0: Yeah, look, it's one I own from the Capital, Koshy. So in a nutshell, I, I really like the business. Um, it's been quite resilient the last few years. And, and I think, you know, you look at sort of the, the numbers they've reported and the share price in particular. And it probably on the surface looks like a business that's struggling to grow or, or going nowhere. Well, that chart says it all. You know, I've been in a range yeah. of 10 to 13, 14 looks cents Looks pretty, pretty illiquid
1: year. too. Yeah.
0: It is a little bit of liquid, um, but but I think what the what the chart and, and the underlying numbers sort of um, mask up is is there's been a lot of challenges to this business. So even pre-COVID, um, they were manufacturing in China and and you know generate a big chunk of revenue from the U.S. and they were hit by the Trump right. tariffs at the time. Ah. Um, and management did a very good job of of pivoting their manufacturing to to other locations. Of course, as you sort of get to the back end of that and margins start to recover, COVID hits and all sorts of issues to logistics, supply chains, and, and just access. These guys sell into hospitals. It was very difficult to do that for a while. But nonetheless, stayed profitable, stayed cash flow generative. And I think it's a it's a pretty good testament to management they were able to do that because there's some peers, um, you know, hills listed on the ASX, weren't able to do the same during the same sort of um, headwinds that, that OSCO was facing. So... You look at it today, it looks expensive on just a, on a quick look, um, about 20 times earnings. And, and that's not a price you'd pay for OSCO if that was, you know, um, uh, reflective, the earnings reflective of the business. But I think the business has been under earning the last few years. They've got a nice big backlog of orders mm. they've won, but haven't been able to execute just because it's struggled to get into, into their customers and, and, and you know, um, install the, the, the work they've won as that backlog unwinds as margins recover i think the business normalizes to a point where the profits are probably closer to around 10 times earnings you know maybe 9 10 that's a much better proposition and so i've only held the business for with the capital mostly because of the the sizing I've got. If I didn't own it and I was a micro-cap investor, um, this is one I would actually look to take a, a small position in. Mm, um, okay. and, and definitely, you know, can put on your watch list. I'll report, mm. obviously, in February. And, and, and hopefully it's, a you know, a nice report with a, a strong outlook as those, those headwinds start to abate. Yeah. Okay. Claude?
2: Yeah, so um, I agree with every, everything uh, Luke said, although I'm a little more cautious than he is just because uh, I... I just see the the potential for uh, this kind of business to have a, a lot of ups and downs, essentially. So that makes, and it has had in the past. So that makes me a little bit concerned sometimes. I do own some shares, so essentially agree with that. I think the key the key point for me now is that we're just waiting to see what see what they look like in a more normalised environment. They've been fairly good in sort of reporting. I think over the last few years they've dra- drastically improved their management style. And I think that a lot of people like me have long memories from when this this stock was many years ago really sort of hyped up on on very temporary earnings and that left a sad taste in people's mouth and this got absolutely chucked by the, the wayside. You know, it's a it's a brave small cap fund manager that comes out and sings the praises of one when when, you know, they've seen their their brethren or their, <laughs> their brothers and sisters are, uh, you know, wrecked by that same company before. Yeah. So I think that there's an element of a reputational rehabilitation. This company used to be called Azure Healthcare. So it's going to probably take a few years before it gets too much upside and there'll be a lot of jumpy shareholders. I'm probably one of those, to be honest. So, hence a small position. Having said that, this does look like your classic potential uh, growth at a reasonable price. You know, even based on last year's profit, if you give them some credit uh, for their cash on hand, uh, it's it's not too expensive. It, it's a classic growth at a reasonable price. If this starts getting more of a growth multiple or having some reputation or habilitation become a bit more popular, get some good momentum, you could see it trading at a much higher multiple than it is at the moment. So sentiment upside as long as the earnings keep marching in the right direction.
1: Okay, so would you, you'd you be a hold on it rather than... It, a no, it'd be a buy. A buy? Okay.
2: It, no, for me, it's a small-cap buy, but yeah. I just, you know... Yeah. I suspect that Luke has more of his fund in it than I have my portfolio in it. For me, it's considered a it's considered a very high-risk small-cap buy, but okay. still, nonetheless, I think it is undervalued.
1: All right. Okay, uh, Claude, uh, Sam wants a view on Eight Common, um, another tech business, financial transaction processing, but large end of town, large enterprises and, and governments.
2: Yeah, this this one I'm sure we've talked about before. We should yeah. maybe have a bit of a debate on it. Uh, Look, I have followed this company for years. It is, I think it's fair to say, still a subscale software company. And it's done on on its positive, you know, it really has started to show some growth now. Uh, Its it's most recent quarterly revenue was uh, best ever. Uh, And they say that they've got a lot more revenue coming as they uh, continue to onboard governments to their expense management program government employees through the gov erp onboarding program pipeline so it's reasonable which i'm sure luke will argue that to expect some organic growth from these guys should start coming through on the numbers the problem is uh yes still remains subscale growth is kind of slow last quarter still saw the uh, negative free cash flow of six hundred thousand, and you know only 1.9 million in the bank so that's two these guys always do it and they've always been fine in the past but i just want to I would like to maybe join this story once they cl- really get past the part of their uh, journey where they might have to raise capital because right. they tend to run with mm. a fairly a fairly weak balance sheet, in my opinion, and that makes me uncomfortable.
0: Okay. All right. Luke? Um, yeah, look, another one I own for Meriwether Capital. Um, but actually, I agree with everything Claude just said. Um, I think the business has a, has a strong future underpinned by a federal government contract. Um, and right now, the business and the the stock, I suppose, are stuck in a little bit of a short term versus long term struggle, um, which is you can you can see the potential of this business. So. Um, as an example Koshi they've currently rolled their expense management software out to about 20,000 federal government users and, and generating you know a bit over a million dollars a year in recurring revenue um, that program will eventually roll out to about 160 thousand over the next two or three years and, and you know generate up towards nine or ten million revenue so you know you can see the path of the business and that's what sort of gets me excited as an investor that underpins my, my valuation and my thesis. But i think claude's right and what's what's the market is struggling with right now is can you get to that point without having to make a dilutive capital raise um and if you look at the at the maths as claude just said six hundred thousand um dollar outflow last quarter only 1.8 mil in the bank it doesn't leave a great deal of room now that program's ramping up fast they've got some implementation revenue coming along with it my base case right now is i don't think they need to capital raise um to to reach that cash flow positive point of view But again, as Claude alluded to, it still leaves the balance sheet extremely thin. So if you have any sorts of, you know, left field issues or black swan events, you you don't have the you don't have the, um, the safety net in your balance sheet to be able to withstand it because you're running it so low. So. A lot of factors there, look for me, I own it, but I would still say it's a hold for people. And I think Claude outlined the exact right way to play it. I think you wait another probably two or three quarters. Um, and by then, I think you would see the business pivot to cash flow positive um, and wait to see what sort of scale emerges. If that cash flow positive is, is quite strong, I think it would remove the specter of a capital raise and see the share price do quite well. But there's execution risk there. So, look, I hold. So I would, I would say I hold for the program. But if you are on the sidelines, you've got the benefit of waiting and, and seeing what mm. the next two or three quarters look like. Okay. All
1: right. Bunty wants
0: a view, Luke, on Tesserend. Uh,
1: Bunty says, I bought this at 95 cents. Um, what should I what should I do with the stock? I'm not sure. I was just checking the charts. It's, I think uh, it never got that high. Uh, uh, never, no. never got that high. Maybe 9.5. Nine, 9. Five, five cents, yeah, may have the uh, the wrong decibel. Um, of course, Tesserent is in uh, security, provides network security services for big organisation, education, uh, government. Uh, what do you think of Tesserent?
0: Look, Tesa, it's it's not the the worst business, and, and and you know in that small cap universe, I think there's a little bit of a narrative mismatch <laughs> with it. That's and, a bit of a backhanded
1: compliment, Luke. It's not the worst business in the small cap universe.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a really a really low bar. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of about that. <laughs> what the hell? But it's a very low bar. <laughs> um,
0: but yes, look, I think there's a narrative mismatch. Um, obviously, that cybersecurity theme is is so strong for good reason there'll be massive organic growth in that industry for for many many years to come but the thing to remember about tesserin is there's not much original um, ip behind this business it's it's not a software business that has its own software and looking to roll it out to people it's a managed service provider that, that helps its customers you know put together Um, systems and processes using other businesses' software um, and, you know, in general, help them with their cybersecurity needs. And that's a real business. Like, there's money Mm. to be made there, and they they do. They generate um, EBITDA and, and, you know, cash flow, even though it is a little bit lumpy. Um, But it's not that super high margin, you know, software business that that, that Claude and I would get really attracted to. And they're the businesses that will capture all of the value in that cybersecurity transaction. So I I always keep that in mind when you're looking at Tesserin. It's much more akin to a managed IT service provider. Um, And those businesses, we know the history of them, the ASX. They're lumpy, cyclical, um, very much contract based. Um, the other thing I'll call out there's a Twitter user by the name of Neek86koshi. Mm. And he had a fantastic tweet the other day that I couldn't help but smile at, which is and If you go back and add up all of the acquisitions they've made and the time they make them, um, their, their reported revenue in EBITDA um, should have been 146 million revenue, 26 million EBITDA. That's the total of all the acquisitions they made at the time. Yeah. Their FY22 report was only 113 mil revenue and 16.3 mil EBITDA. And to me, that sums up the problem with these sorts of roll ups is that they're very much people based. You bring them in and, and you think that you're acquiring a good chunk of revenue, a good chunk of earnings. And a lot of it churns away as, as, you know, employees move on. It's difficult to integrate. You often don't get the synergies you want to get. And that's why I've always been a little bit skeptical on Tesserant. and um, look. At the price today, it actually doesn't look too bad from a value point of view, but it's one that I would definitely, if you, if you see that price spike on another Medibank hack or some news like that and it gets up to maybe 15 cents, I'd be taking some strong profits. Um, if you're on the sidelines, just be aware. It's just, it's not that super high-quality business okay. that I think people want it to be. All right. So I know from you, uh, who was it? Nick 86 on Twitter. Nick. Yeah. N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A-N-E-K-A Right. I asked his permission whether I could uh, reference his tweet today. Who he is he? <laughs> uh, he's a no, young bloke. No, no, works. no, no. Oh. Let him, let him
2: stay anonymous. Um, oh. I
0: really
2: appreciate being anonymous. Uh, he knows. He's he knows more than all of us about cybersecurity. You know the nuts and bolts of cybersecurity, not stock analysis. But he's a cyber cybersecurity expert. I know this because um, he subscribes to a rich life at one point, but. I'm sure he, he appreciates semi-anonymity not anonymity okay. because uh, he works in the industry.
1: Oh, okay. All
2: right, uh, would you do anything different with Tessa and uh, Claude? Well, I think um, Luke covered it well, and you know I have, have the same observations. The only thing I'll add is look, Luke covered some of the negatives. Another broad brush one is to look at it and say just the history of roll-ups that getting all their growth I'm talking not EPS, but I'm talking, you know, revenue and a bit of growth. It's all coming from acquiring, not organic growth. They generally do poorly in the end and Tesserant is in more or less in that category. So I, you know, did my best efforts in preparation for this show to add up all of the acquired a bit there that they'd reported, you know, and then compare that to their 2022 numbers. And I basically got that, you know, their growth, that was organic growth. It was was very low, if it's present. And you know, there's some ambiguities in their announcements, so you don't always know exactly, uh, exactly how much is organic and how much is acquired. But it looks like there's no organic growth okay. there really to drive returns. So that's a big clue that this will be a, a less successful one in over the long term. Generally, anything that is doing some acquisitions or anything that's in the IT services, which I've covered. Not that long ago on the website about this industry, industry primer, you know, these companies, some are very acquisitive and some are are less inquisitive. For example, a stock I own data three, that one's had far more organic growth driving returns. And in this space, in my opinion, you want to be in the stocks. It's, It's great and okay if they do some acquisitions because that can give them scale that is and it can improve their offering, which can draw. Drive organic growth. Okay. But you don't want all the growth to be just acquisitions tapping onto each other, yep. or it's melting ice cubes. Yep. Stacking up melting yep. ice.
1: Good cubes. point. Uh, Alex, what's a view, Claude, on advanced braking technology? Alex says uh, the recent quarterly report showed some good ongoing growth potential. What do Luke and Claude think about this? They're in, um, in as the name implies, uh, braking systems
2: yeah the, that's a great one by alex is definitely uh on the ball there going through his quarterlies a man after my own or a man went one my own heart uh but the you know the reality is advanced breakings uh not it, it's been listed for a while not really uh, going getting much growth and then they had a standout quarter this most recent quarter um even that that comes through on the sales you know four million yep. instead of where they'd been previously three million that's a big step up they took a long time to get from uh, you know two and a half million to three million but now they've gone straight to four million that's great to see and then secondly you're getting that backed up in in improved cash flow as well generating free cash flow things going in the right direction cash has gone up that reduces the risk to this company because it was a very it is a very risky company having a market cap of only less than 20 million dollars 70.4 so for anyone playing at home this is the don't go and get too excited about this kind of stock because it's these little microcaps something goes wrong essentially not going to be able to sell your shares yeah so it's it's a it's a high high risk area but having said that nice pick up by by alex because this is you know a a spoiler is definitely one of the micro cap small cap uh quarterlies that i thought was the best of the season and uh that's because you you have a company coming across into a profit inflection point into a uh free cash flow inflection point i guess right. i've talked all about the numbers there so luke i hope you're are uh, willing to talk about the business but so you uh, in it or not I'm not, I'm not in it would you buy i would i look i'm not going to buy this one because it's too i, I might buy it but i'm unlikely to it's very small but right. do i think it's a little buy yeah i kind of okay. think it's a speculative buy
0: okay luke um, yeah the business as you said is breaking technology mostly focused on uh, mining and defense like you know, we're talking big you know big vehicles here cost not your, yep. your little yeah big trucks um, it's it's a business as claude have been plugging away for a long time they've always said they think they've got some very good tech um, you know they'd sort of won some some good contracts with some some large tier1 players but it just never seemed to come through now, I completely agree with everything Claude just said, and I think it's great Alex is, is doing that legwork because that's exactly what you need to do as a micro cap investor is is you know wade through the stream of four C's that come out in that last few days of the month, um, and and jot down the ones that really you know have that breakout mm-hmm. or that or that standout quarter. And and I was the same. I I, j- I had ABV on my watch list, um, but but straight away bumped it up to do some more work into it because you know you often see these quarters, and um, you know one good quarter doesn't necessarily mean You jump in straight away and buy, and and there's more to come on the back of it. But you take notice. So, um, look, for me, I would definitely hold it if you're there, for sure. This is the sort of quarter you've been waiting for. If you're on the sidelines, I think... This is the sort of one, you know, it's on my list to do more work. I'll, I'll give management a call. I want to get my head more around the product and, and the future and the outlook and things like that. Um, but it looks interesting. You, run, you know, okay. you do the run rate on the profit numbers. They've got this is- trading, you know, around that sort of 10, 11 times earnings, but maybe that growth kicks in and that number comes down real quick.
1: Yep, okay. All right, good point. All right, let's recap the, the uh, first five stocks. Stock of the day. Uh, is there a tech stock to get on board at the moment, if we're seeing a turnaround, if we're seeing a turnaround in tech stocks, Claude likes Altium, Luke, Xref. Um, EML, a no from Claude, a hold from Luke. Osco, a high risk uh, buy from both. Um, a Common, a hold from uh, from Claude, a no from Luke. Ren, a no from both. Advanced Breaking, a uh, hold and a watch. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own investment, fantasy investment fund as chosen by the investment committee. The uh, next committee meeting is up on the platform on Tuesday. Back in December, they got out of Bad Court and Domino's, uh, added Index and Janus and Education, uh, increased the weight of Elders. And since the 1st of March last year, the fund is up just over 15% now. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although
0: a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at CMC Market markets.com you don't own underlying assets consider relevant PDS and TMD your information memorandum of the CMC Pro accounts at our website
1: uh, this one we're doing a super sell we're asking our panelists here on the call if there is a stock in the portfolio that they would that they would send back to the investment committee to sell this is the explanation mm-hmm. of January, we had super buy. Now in February, it is super Absolutely. If any of our experts on the call disagree with the stock in the call's fantasy portfolio, they can say
0: super
1: And it comes straight back to the investment committee. All of February exclusive on AusBiz. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> look have you got a super sell from that from
0: our fantasy portfolio well koshi before i say I, I i listened to the call on podcast and i heard that yesterday and i obviously didn't watch the promo but seeing it just now it's you know chops are fantastic um look for, for the purpose of great tv i want to say pro medicus koshi I'm oh just, just to see what would happen what does the fanboy uh, say uh. <laughs>
2: Well, as I was saying previously, you know, I have sold Prometicus at lower prices than the current price. So, ah. you know, first of all, I've I've made that mistake, Luke. So if that's a mistake, <laughs> you want to join me in, uh, you know, welcome aboard. There's plenty of room in the I sold Prometicus too early country club.
0: <laughs> it's a graveyard of people. All right. No, I couldn't do it, Koshy. The, okay. one, the one I would say, if you look at the list of stocks, I think it's a very nice portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Very, you know. It's just, it's just the blue ones there, the blue tags, yeah. Yeah, the one yeah. that stuck out to me was um, Janison Education. It's a small-cap oh, tech, yeah. and, and I, guess the, I guess the panel wanted that sort of small-cap exposure. Um, they had an update yesterday, which the headline numbers looked all right, but I was pretty alarmed by they had a, a, a heavy cash burn. Their, their cash balance went from 12 oh. mil to 6 mil over the okay. half. And so I think, you know, you might not sell it straight away, but I'd put it to the investment committee and say, Ooh. you know, that's one I'd really check the results when they report okay. later in the month. All right. and, and to be honest, if you wanted that sort of tech exposure, considering what we said at the start of the show, I think Claude's idea of Altium would fit that portfolio pretty right. well. Okay.
1: Uh, Claude, any on there that you would you would sell out of?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd probably swap Janison for Altium. I reckon that's probably a better, better right. fit for their portfolio. Uh, having said that, you know, if they wanted a higher risk software, uh, growth software stock than Janison, and I'm... I, I confess I own shares in this one, but mm. at least they should at least check out the results of EOL because that's mm. a profitable little mini software company. So I'd argue maybe okay. a better risk reward than Janison.
1: Perfect. All right, we'll send Which, that but up.
2: But I do own that one, so, and I've recommended it before. So talking okay. my book on that. All
1: right, we'll send that up to the investment committee. This half hour, Stop to You, Honest Akaba, Seek, Hazar, some Barbara, Sequoia Financial Group, and COSOL. Um, Luke, uh, Seek is the first one up, and Julie wants to be on that, the big employment platform.
0: Yeah, I was on three weeks ago, Koshi, and and I sort of um, gave my background to Seek and said, I think it's a hold for people. Went back and had a look. The price was $20 three weeks ago. It's now $25, Um, you know, so you sort of got to adjust as as things change, and, and look, I think seeks a very good business but go back to what i said about xref at the start of the show you know you can sort of see the the tailwinds of that that great resignation employment market are now starting to turn into headwinds um you know as as you see a bit more normalization and you see that in seeks numbers job ads are down slightly year on year and um, you know, th- those sort of metrics, those leading metrics that they have. Um, you know, it's, it's upwards of 30 times earnings. I, I still don't think it's a sell for people. I, I get that right. seeks one of those sort of cornerstone um, stocks that people like to have in their portfolio. But at the valuation, at the little rally you've had, um, you know, I, I think there's a, a good case to, to maybe take a little bit off and, and, and have this okay. one as a trim. Uh, right. You know, that valuation's up there and, and it's had a yeah, 25% yeah. yeah start to the year is, is pretty, pretty yep, good. Fair enough. Claude.
2: Yes, uh, Yeah, see, uh, look, I, w- I won't get into the nitty gritty of valuation, but I will say this because this is the most valuable thing I can say on. it. I re- very recently this morning was talking to a you know former ASX CEO who can remain anonymous, who knows about uh, you know the hiring kind of industry quite well, and his impression was that we're in a hiring you know boom, but that's turning around, yeah. and he understands the industry way better than I do. And so i'm going to defer to that view which is if we're at a real bull market for hiring right sort of finishing off in a real it's been as bullish as it's getting right that's the yep. sort of message now if there's a smaller company that's you know growing got a growth narrative that it doesn't matter if the cycle turns they can keep growing that could be fine problem is seek so big that it's it cannot possibly escape the cycle mm. because it has so much market share already so that means yep. no matter the fact that seek is a great well-run business with a competitive moat and everything you want to look for there, it's going to probably get hit by the cycle. So I would just be cautious of it for that reason.
1: So you'd be taking profits as well?
2: I, I would actually, if I did own Seek, which I don't, but if I did, I would probably just... There's sell? going to be better stuff. Yeah, I'd sell it because there's okay. going to be better stuff that's a high quality company that's probably not going to get affected by this cycle. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm talking about the hiring cycle.
1: Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Earlier in the week, we had a platform stop. What came up? Uh, domain. And um, uh, both Carl Capolingo and, and Michael Wayne said, get out of domain. But Carl liked the chart of Frontier Digital of all of the platforms, which is a smaller uh cap mm. stock that does these platforms in developing countries so something to think about um our next stock diana wants a view on uh claude on Huzar, a another tech company but in the hydrogen and graphite uh business
2: yeah that's right these guys are very uh a ha- group, right? i hate haze agree right might be a typo there yeah on, yeah yeah anyway it doesn't matter look these guys are uh, I don't know this company or its technology particularly well, but what I do know quite well is the sector of this sort of future green tech uh, that Mm. you have on the ASX. And there's a bunch of different companies now. They go through waves. When I was a student at university, the big thing that was exciting then in the sort of clean green tech was geothermal, and there were like seven geothermal companies on the (laughs) ASX. And they raised heaps of millions of dollars. Like Hazer Group, they benefited from government supporting. Hayes Group has just announced it received an arena funding milestone. And these old geothermals, they used to get there was some, you know, geothermal program, they could get subsidies and stuff like that. When government you know, these kind of businesses, they are tough businesses. They're capital intensive. That's why the government's trying to step in to support them, because they're just not going to be supported by the market. That is a super dangerous place to invest in a company that's yeah. that the, the government recognises the market can't support you. So that's be very careful on this one. I'd say it's way too early. it's very it is more a trader's stock. you want it you're, it's narrative speculation. there's no profits. there's not going to be profits for Yonks and Yonks and Yonks. there's not even revenue. so uh, it's just a pure story thing. yeah I, I wouldn't I don't play that pure story speculation. I'm not going to ignore story speculation as a thing that happens, but I want to have some fundamentals there.
0: Mm. Uh, Luke. I agree with that, Koshi. It's, it's a very much a ultra speculative narrative stock and it's not my space, so I wouldn't be there. Um, if you were, look, you'd want to do a lot of work around the actual um, hazer process, which is, is what this business is looking to be built on. And um, in a nutshell, they're looking to turn methane into hydrogen and carbon graphite. You know, even as a as a um, layman, I, I know that's an exciting place to be if you can make it work, um, and and be much more energy efficient than than the old school processes. To do that, um, as Claude said, though, you've got all of the execution risk ahead of them. I, I did open up their agm presso and have a look, and they've come a long way. You know, um, have some pilot pilot plants built, got plans to build a you know a much larger one over in Canada. So, look, if you're there and and you understand the speculation, and and, and you know it's a small part of your portfolio, you know. Sure, you know hold this sort of stock and and it can be one where we might look back and look like fools You know, this could be a 10 20 bagger easily if they're able to get this tech to work But as Claude said if you've been around this game long enough, you know that these things they they come around every now and then and The tech looks really interesting But it's it's such a difficult process to go from interesting tech to commercialized tech and, and many can't make that journey Okay uh, Luke, Josh wants a view on St. Barbara, the big gold mining company,
1: uh, the biggest operation from its Leonora opera, um, mine in Western Australia, but has some projects in Papua New Guinea. I noticed the gold prices had a big spike in the last week or so, trading above its 50, 100 and 200 day moving average. Um, what do you think of, of St. Barbara and also uh, gold itself and, and the gold miners?
0: Yeah, look, gold's a tricky one, obviously, driven by a lot of macro factors. I'm not one of those people who, who say you should always have an exposure to gold, but acknowledge you know, people are out there and sort of have that view. So they always want to have 5%, 10% of their portfolio either in gold or, or gold miners. Um, when I look at St. Barbara, though, Koshi, I mean, the, the share price sort of you know highlights the issues this business mm. is facing. Um, you, you look at their most recent quarterly and production fluctuates, you know, so much just around um, short term issues, um, you know, weather. Uh, safety problems there was a whole range of different reasons as to why production quarter to quarter would have an issue or, or, or whatnot um, they do seem to get a, a decent gold price though so that they obviously don't have a, a problem with with hedging in their book or anything like that um, but the the other main problem they've got is that that all-in cost and and it doesn't leave them with a great deal of margin because in the last quarter that cost spiked up to nearly twenty one hundred dollars an ounce um, you know you're not you're not selling for much more than that so look if you're someone who's done a lot more work than me in this stock and you think that these impacts are short term um maybe you could you could hold or own this stock but i look at that chart and i look at that recent history and to me suggests there's probably better places to put your money in that gold space if you did want exposure to it someone who's having much less issues with production um and able yep. to generate a much better margin on the current gold price
1: and you look at their 12-month chart and it's exactly the opposite to say northern star at the uh at the big end yeah. which has been riding yeah. the gold price up
0: sure. And look, you, you, your upside is probably capped by those larger guys because they're so large and established. You don't have the, the upside of things going right or hitting a big exploration. But you have the safety. Of, you know those guys year in, year out have executed yeah. well. Um, you know, when gold prices do well, they'll capture the full value of that gold price going up. So, yeah, you'd look towards a, a Northern Star or, or, or someone like that, even a, a Newcrest. Yeah. Claude? Uh,
2: so, for me, I'm going to actually have to go with... Hold on this one just because I wouldn't know and I don't know enough about its individual operations. I've only really started, like, there's only one mining stock that I own, and uh, I'm not across this one. But it what do you own? What's the me... one?
1: You've only got one.
2: Oh, actually, two. I have Oz Minerals, which is a copper mining that's right, being taken which over, which are, I didn't VHP. count. And then the right. other one I have is another copper miner, which somewhat right. reminded me of this. Um, AIS is that one which I have no conviction in now it's, it's gone up a lot with the copper price I only buy mining companies if I'm if I've got a view on the underlying commodity I don't have a view on gold so I wouldn't want to buy this I wouldn't want to tell someone to sell it either because they may have a, a, a totally coherent reason for uh, owning it but within gold miners these kind of middle quality ones that do produce but they're not the best highest quality ones I kind of think they are an interesting place to play because they tend to have a lot of like there's a few factors going on it's a high risk investment but when things work out and go well they can have a lot of leverage to the gold price okay. so i wouldn't have that you know 10% i wouldn't have a big amount in a company like this no way right. at all okay. i'd consider it more of a speculation instrument
1: okay um uh, claude alex wants your view on sequoia financial group alex says they do, took a hit on monday following updated guidance Uh, What's your view? This is, a um, again, a sort of platform stock administration platform for financial planners, brokers, and self-directed investors.
2: I'd I'd call it more a mini conglomerate, but yes, that's right. That's what it does. Um, So, look, actually, I'm glad this one came up because this is one I've been on a previous show. I've said I owned it, I like it. Now I'm saying I owned it and my thesis is broken because it's had look there's a whole i could dive into this and because i've spent quite a bit of time thinking about it uh i i where where we start is this was a cheap stock that i was expecting to steadily grow its eps modestly and also increase its dividend payout ratio now what has happened is in the agm they said uh, we're going to have four million a bit after having suffering you know some you know three million of expenses that are but that we say are sort of one-off and you can debate how one-off they are one of them's a, a sort of regulatory issue or a remediation yeah. issue rather the other one was they made a decision to stop marketing a kind of product which cost them 500k and you know they could decide to stop marketing another product in the future so i don't know if, if you'd really exclude that but even excluding that they said they'd get 4 million and even after the impact of that 4 million and then that's been downgraded in the most recent announcement to 3.2 million. And that's going from, I think, the end of November to there's one and a bit months to go. And then they've downgraded 800K off that. So that's yeah. pretty big downgrade, pretty big um, deterioration in December. It also means that on a statutory basis, probably unlikely to see that EPS this year, maybe a little bit, but I definitely don't have confidence in EPS, statutory EPS growth now. And that's where my thesis really falls down. Because all my modeling, <laughs> I got it wrong, you know. And this happens as an investor, and I apologize for that. But Because I, I must be 10%, 15% down on, on this. But if the thesis is broken. Now, there's another thesis, which I'm hoping Luke will give us, if we have a different view, that uh, basically, this is actually generally just a tough half. And that's totally plausible. And we might see a stronger half next half, and we might see it return to growth. In the meantime in that scenario it's continuing to increase its payout ratio it's continuing to buy back shares which will also help eps you could easily see this have strong eps growth have a week all right claude
1: Claude, you've gone to circle you've gone to circle Uh what are you doing so
2: i'm I'm selling because my thesis is broken that doesn't mean i think the stock won't recover but i want i'm going to have to work on a new turnaround thesis before i would I'm trying to be more rules based. If my thesis is okay. broken, I sell. All
1: right, Luke, have you got a more positive thesis to give Claude some hope? Um, the tradition is when you're a, when a company's in a downgrade cycle, you just avoid it until the first upgrade, is it?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's like a, a, a bit of. Um, you know, advice there, Koshy, but that probably does ring true a lot of the time. Um, I used to own this stock, like Claude. I sold it oh. um, at a bit higher levels now. Um, oh, now you're showing off.
1: Got plenty of others. Actually, got got, me,
0: got of others. That, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it, no. Give him a
1: slap, Claude. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> all right, so you're, nice you're, you're it, out of it. We, it. We're, we're running out of time. We got one more stock to go. So, Luke, you, know, you wouldn't be in it at all.
0: Look, I I'd probably agree. Short up. term, I think there's still issues there. I think you can be on the sidelines. Right. Uh, there's still a lot of value in the business, though, okay. particularly you know, some of those segments I think All are right. worth more than, than what the market is okay. catching them at.
1: All right. As I said, we're uh, getting close to uh, the end of our time. One final stock, Alex wants a view on COSOL Luke. Uh, again, another sort of tech stock uh, in the infrastructure system providing uh, business servers, enterprise asset management for for the infrastructure sector?
0: A really interesting little business Koshi so they're like those managed service providers I was talking about before with oh, yeah. Um yeah, yeah. they're focused on um, he- uh, capital intensive uh, industries asset management sort of software and workflow um, they have some of their own IP there but but most of it's bringing in um, you know solutions from other providers uh, but look fair play to these guys they're winning some good contracts mm. and-, and particularly over in America and I think that's what's capturing the excitement of the market um, it's been on my watch list for a long time, and I have to profess I've, I've probably missed this, this little run here. And looking at it today, it doesn't look cheap anymore. I think it's about 18 times earnings, which is uh, definitely more than what you want to pay for this type of business. But to be fair, look, like if this is a business that can continue to grow those earnings for the next two or three years. And even at the, even at this sort of price, it can still be a very good entry. Um, I did do a little bit more work around the business and the product and, and sort of, you know, where it is in those end markets. Um, but the management team look really good. They've got a, a ton of skin in the game. Um, I think they've got a very defined product set. They know the industries and the customers they want to target, and they know the solutions they want to bring to them and are willing to acquire some, some solutions to flesh out that product suite they have. Um, that valuation is a little bit stretched now just because of that run they've had. They've, they've called out the margins will stay flat this year as they sort of consolidate some acquisitions they've made and, and reinvest in the business. But it's on my watch list and, and one I'm, I'm definitely interested mm, okay. in either at a lower price or just a bit more execution on that, that earnings right. path. Okay,
2: watch for you, uh, Claude. Yeah, so this is exactly kind of business that we that I like to follow and write about, and I've actually been writing about this one since twenty twenty one. Don't own shares in it, but I I like it for the medium to short term for sure. I think that the momentum is in its favour at the moment. It's uh, you know it's got an, it's got an earnings momentum. It's got share, its share price momentum. I think there are probably traders in it now, and uh, quite frankly, I think that everything. Luke said about valuation is correct. These are businesses that shouldn't usually um, you know, 18 is not a cheap price. Sometimes you get these kinds of businesses trading at 13 times earnings because they there is this sort of situation where if you have a drop off in demand, you've got a whole bunch of IT consulting yeah. staff, you're still paying them, your profits really take a massive hit. So there's an IT demand cycle that sometimes runs with the economy not always perfectly the same and when that turns it can be really quite bad for a company like this but if things are still and i think in the short term things are still looking pretty good for them i think that you did definitely at least a hold basically if i was in it i'd be holding the momentum looks good i'd be looking forward to these next results hearing the commentary they say about the rest and if i was a short-term trader and i didn't you know write about stocks and if i wasn't a long-term investor it'd be the kind of thing i'd Mm. have on my trading watch list as well okay so but call it a hold with my long-term hat on all right but that but you do want to sell these ones once earnings start deteriorating okay that's the thing Yeah, yeah because there's a whole big up and down cycle you don't want to be going into falling cycle because then the earnings go down and so does the multiple
1: yeah 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 Mm. you don't want to get in that downgrade cycle caught up in it. cord walker from a rich life Uh, thank you kindly good to see you mate uh have a good weekend luke winchester from meriwether capital mate good to have you along as always uh god you guys thank you let's recap the uh the final five stocks uh seek um Basically, trim, take some profits from uh, from both Claude and Luke. Haze uh, hazer a no from both St Barbara. Hold from Claude, a no from Luke. Uh, Sequoia a sell from Luke, a no from uh, Claude, and Cosole a watch from both of them, and a hold from Claude. Hey, if you've got any stocks uh, you'd like me to put to our expert panel, just chuck them in an email to me. The call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. The Pulse is next with more market news and views. You don't want to miss it. Stick around.
2: Hello, listener. Is it me you're looking for? As brands, we're always wanting to make a connection to find the person you can rely on, the one that's there every week, month, or year, and always has your back when you need them the most. It's a little like matchmaking, don't you think? With Acas Podcast ads, you can filter for your exact dream audience so you can find the ideal customer for your business. The Romeo to your Juliet, the Rachel to your Ross, the Bert to your Ernie, and avoid those red flags and time wasters. Your ads can communicate with them in the most intimate way possible,